you are going to kill me. Yes, I am. But at least I didn't fuck you. Damn. That was our sweetheart of an angel, William Bonham. Welcome back, guys. This is Jen. This is Becky. And this is Too Close to Home. You guys ready to vomit again? Again. Oh, Billy Bonin. Part three, three, three. And FYI, this is probably going to be the worst episode. Oh, yeah. It it was very brutal. And You say that before the fourth episode. I have a feeling it's <laughs> not going to get any better. <laughs> well, the next episode, we're going to wrap things up. And he, you know, he gets, uh, spoiler alert, he gets caught. So <laughs> it is better. I mean, there's, there's a ray of sunshine. There's a hope there because the, you went, well, yeah. maybe. <laughs> but y'all, I just want to put this out there in case people don't know. We spend a lot of time when we write these episodes, like hours, writing one episode. Mm -hmm. So the amount of hours and energy and mind that I have had to put into this man is something that I will never be able to fully erase. It's it's hard because like you you read horrific things and then you have to interact with people at like in Becky's situation, like with people who are going through health crises and at her job, and then you have to take care of your children, and it's like horde, son, horde. Yes. So that's why we make a lot of inappropriate jokes. Just mm -hmm. whatever. Uh, I had a family emergency last weekend and um, I told somebody, I was like, yeah, X, Y, Z happened. But, you know, uh, I have to laugh at it or either that or it's childhood trauma just coming out. Who knows? <laughs> just keep it rolling. I already laugh at my own trauma when I tell people and they just look at me like there's something wrong with me. So, you know, hey. <laughs> <laughs> something amazing with you. Is that what you're saying? Yes. So we'll jump right in. So when we left off on the last episode, I gotta refresh my own memory. <laughs> <laughs> he had just gotten out from doing his uh, his time for violating parole. Yes, because he got out on my birthday. Aww. After being released, Bonin's appetite only increased. You know, he was locked up, pent up energy, just ready to get out and murder, murder, murder. <laughs> So with Bonin operating alone, he tracked and killed his sixth victim, Wallace Tanner. This is the only victim dumped in San Diego. Bonner was familiar with the area from when he was a delivery driver and figured this was a good way to keep police off his trail. So he intentionally would dump bodies in different areas because, like we said, it was paper trail days. So not all information was communicated effectively. Bonin was out searching for hours for a victim with no luck. Heading home, he spotted Wallace Turner, who was heading home, Tanner, I don't know why I keep saying Turner, Wallace Tanner, who was headed home after attending a Jethro Toll concert. Ooh, that's a sign of the times right there, right. baby. Right. <laughs> I read that, I was like, ooh, that'll take you back. Yeah. <laughs> See, the smoke, the haze, just feels like a home, you know? <laughs> Bonin then began a conversation by telling the young man how dangerous hitchhiking was. He then asked if he'd ever been picked up by men and did they ever offer sex? Oh, so he's changing his little, because it used to be like, do you know what homosexuality is? He does. Are you a homosexual? Like his little questionnaire, almost it like a It has census. changed a bit. It has changed a Look bit. Look at him, getting spry. Changing things up, keeping right. it fresh. Right? Then Bonin asked him if he'd ever been offered money. He said yes. And he said, well, if a guy offered you $50, to let him give you a blowjob, what would you say? The young man said, wow, that's a lot of money. I'd probably say yes. Listen, that's how broke that person was. I don't even know what, what that money was worth at that time. 
but even inflation <laughs> added to it. I don't know if $50 is enough. Well, you know, I start wondering, as you're going to notice through the rest of these victims, that there are all these young men and that they so willingly will tell you, like, no, I'm not gay. I don't do that. But then when he, like, pulls out some money, they're like, yeah, let's do this. Okay, yeah, I'll suck your dick today. And I'm like, remember, this is all Bond and telling this. Stuff. Yeah. So how much truth is to it all? I don't know. I'm wondering how many victims were actually abducted versus willingly got into his van. Because according to him, every one of these willingly got into his van when oh, he was, it was like, like I'm going to suck your dick. Same thing with Gacy and uh, Jerry Brudos, like with their photographer stick. Oh, I mean, I took their pictures and they left. Like they were happy. Nothing is wrong. Yeah. Okay. Is that really what happened? Exactly. And that's what I wonder about this. Is this really what happened? All these kids who would never mess with men before and the victims get younger this episode. And you mean to tell me they all just willingly got in and. Mm. I mean, because we've all done something when we're hard up for money in our 20s. Okay. Everyone has a price is what Jimmy says. <laughs> I mean, true. But $50 is not it. No. No. And that's for the I'm kid to receive. I'm a than that. You're going to have to be at least $100. And that's a, that's for him to receive the sex from him. Yes. He's going to suck their dick. Yeah. Like, could you imagine the logic that you're going to have to walk through on that one? You're like, okay, I'm not gay. But if I close my eyes. <laughs> it's almost like Dolly Parton. Okay. Well, he did have long hair. So maybe they're like, <laughs> I... Just pretend it's a female. Like when I look down, looks just like a woman. Just forget the beard scruff. And you know, the the hustlers that he picked up, I have no doubt that they probably willingly did get in for the money for sex, but they were, you know, working prostitutes. But these young kids, I'm like, I'm not so sure they all just willingly got in this grown ass man's van to get their dick sucked for $50. If anything, that would make me panic hardcore. Be like, listen, I will give you head for $50, woman. Oh, no, thank you. I don't want you anywhere near that. I feel like that is like the biggest red flag that could ever raise. Like, oh, it's a van. It's a grown man. And he wants to perform sex for money. I feel like this is a trap. (laughs) (laughs) May or may not be. Something's something's ticker in there. Apparently, the boy willingly got into the van. They pulled off to a safe place to park. They performed the agreed upon act. Bond and then offered him an additional $25 to let him tie him up. The boy said no way, stating that he may try and have sex with him. And it goes into back and forth conversation. I don't know how much it's just um, um, for dramatic effect, but he said the boy was like, no way. I feel like if you tie me up, you're going to try to fuck me. And I don't do all that. <laughs> and I'm like, see, I feel like this kid had some insight. So I'm just not sure that he just willingly hopped right in your van. But I don't know. I wasn't there. <laughs> With him saying no, Bonin reached into the front cab, grabbed a knife, and jumped on the boy and demanded he turn over. The boy oh. put up a fight, convinced if he complied, he would rape him. How old was this kid? Well, how about that? I didn't put his age down. Young, regardless. I want to say he was like 17. I don't think any of his victims were over 18. I could like, I always have that thought when you're reading about someone who is being um, sexually assaulted or something's happening to them in this whole thing of hope that they have like okay if i could just get through this right but just do this one thing i'll get out alive and how many of those oh and how long you hear what he did later and put them in that kind of situation and they don't make it out and you're like oh my god could you imagine the terror and that moment of realization that like oh shit because you really have to play in your mind like do i cooperate and do what they say with the hope they're gonna let me go or do i just fight because i know they're not going to you know 
fortunately with him, there was no right decision. You weren't, you weren't surviving, period. No witnesses, man. Yeah. So he has the knife to his throat and telling him to turn over. And Wallace told him, I'd rather you just kill me now than rape me. So Bonin begins pushing the knife into his throat and twisting his arm, which forced him to roll over. Yeah, the kid was like, just fucking kill me because you're not going to rape me. Oh. Well, Bonin starts to and then manages in the struggle to get the boy to turn over. Bonin then punched the man multiple times and then proceeded to rape him. Bonin, once again, for some reason, I have no fucking idea, grabbed his genitals and squeezed like he always did and told the same lie that he would just strangle him into unconsciousness and set him free. But, of course, he didn't. Bonin later wrote, I That's felt- like such a big lie, too, because they have to be unconscious for a minute or two there before they pass away. Yeah. I'm not saying that as somebody who's done it, but I've read a lot of true crime. Right. And I'm just saying that's not a big whoops, you know? Yeah. It, it's very intentional because it takes, you know, minutes after they've gone unconscious to continue to strangle them before they die. So like you said, it's a it's a very deliberate act. Mm-hmm. It's no accident. When they always say, I accidentally strangled him to death. Bitch, no, you didn't. Jimmy, Jimmy would be dead by now. That was the case. Yeah. JJ loves when I choke about during sex. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Autoerotic asphyxiation, okay? Now, that shit does sometimes take a wrong turn. It does. <laughs> well, what was that guy, uh, Carradine, David Carradine, who is like famous in all these, um, I want to say the right thing, not ninja, kung fu. Anyways, he was in a bunch of martial arts movies, and that's how he died. They found him like in Thailand, wrapped up like with a cord to his neck, to a doorknob, butt-ass naked. I would hate for people to find me that way. Like, I don't want to die mid-sex or in the middle of a shit. Neither no. One. Neither one. Hopefully not. Hopefully I just go peacefully in my sleep. If I do, Jimmy, you better make it look like I died peacefully in this bed. You better wipe my ass and get me off the shitter. <laughs> <laughs> JJ will leave me there. <laughs> Probably for days because he won't know where I am. And he's like, she always says, just leave me alone when I'm in the bathroom. So, <laughs> But also, like... How do they live their lives without our direction, okay? Bonin later wrote, I felt powerful as the kid's life drained out. I felt tired but fulfilled. I don't need anyone else with me. I am strong enough to go it alone. He then dumped his body in San Diego. Bonin is not known to have killed again until around November 21st, 1979, when he and Butts abducted and murdered an unidentified young man. Do they think that maybe... Cause like there's that's he's he killed a lot in a short period of time. Oh, yeah, to go into a cold spot like that. Well, seems... it was only a week. Oh, uh, that's true. So, not not too long. <laughs> not too long. <laughs> well, it was like nine days. Nine days. So <laughs> basically years. Basically, in to serial him. killer germs. Yeah, because he escalates rapidly through this third part. So Vern, but. Don't forget him. (laughs) Desperately wanting to kill someone with an ice pick, and Bonin agreed to keep Butts happy and killing with him. The morning of this murder, Bonin thumbed through the paper looking for articles about himself and his last murder. He couldn't find many, really anything, but police were remaining tight-lipped as the murders were sporadic and all over the place, and basically they really had no fucking idea what was going on. (laughs) They were keeping what little information they did have close to the vest. Bonin later told other inmates, It was like a driving force inside me to kill, and I had no control over it. He said at times he felt as though the devil had led him to his victims who were chosen to die. Yeah. The evening of the 21st, Bonin picked up Butts, and they began to troll 
about looking for a victim. They found a boy who willingly climbed into the van. When Bonham first began kissing and addressing the boy, he said he felt no sexual arousal at all, even though he was very attracted to the boy they had picked up. He then requested to tie the boy up, who agreed. Bonham still couldn't become aroused. This victim was savagely beaten repeatedly by both captors, then strangled to death by Bonham before his fully clothed body was discarded in an irrigation ditch along State Road 99 south of Bakersfield. During the ordeal, Bonin allegedly asked the victim whether he knew why he had to die. He then further explained why, stating, your folks paid us to find you and kill you. Bonin said he wanted the boy to die thinking that no one loved him. Bonin strangled it. Yeah. Bonin strangled the youth before inserting an ice pick into his nostrils and right ear. He will be forever known as John Doe, and his body was found nine days later. They've never identified him, this young man. So he's unidentified. No one was looking for him. No one's reported him missing, and Bonin told him. See, that's why everybody needs to do these ancestry uh, DNA DNA kits. Um, And then, uh, was it GED match or whatever that you can submit your DNA to so you could either A, find an unknown victim possibly by relation or maybe there's a serial killer in your family which is what i hoped for surprise and then uh, that's how our that's our ticket to idtv okay but instead of finding out that you were related to a serial killer or identifying any victims you just found out jimmy's your brother oh god <laughs> that <laughs> would be our luck that, that we we what? are both only a special kind of weird that was made for each other <laughs> It's like, ah, eh, why, why, why break up now? <laughs> <laughs> we already have one. She seems like. <laughs> so we can see now that Bonin is needing to escalate things in order to become sexually aroused. Just raping and killing the victims is no longer doing it for him. He's now introducing psychological torture. As if he wasn't cruel enough already. Now let's add some mental torture to it. Yeah. Just fun for the whole family. After killing with butts, only a week later, Bonham was out again. Only a few months into his killing spree, and the number is already at seven. Five victims with butts and two alone. This time, operating alone again, Bonham abducted 17-year-old bellflower youth Frank Davis Fox. Frank Dennis Fox. What is up? Bruh. Maybe I need a little bit more sleep. (laughs) You could listen. We could always do more sleep. (laughs) Fox was attending college and living independently at only the age of 17. He was no doubt headed for a bright future. But, unfortunately, while hitchhiking, he encountered Bonin on approximately November 29th or 30th. According to Bonin's confession, he solicited Fox for sex in exchange for $30. But after the act, he forced Fox at knife point to turn over so he could tie him up. Fox told him it was okay that he didn't have the money to pay and there was no hassle, just let him go. But we know that Bonham wasn't going to let that happen. He went through the same MO as per usual, squeezing the genitals, telling him he's going to beat him until unconsciousness and drop him off. He did indeed beat the youth. He then drove up 91 East, found a frontage road, and got off. He climbed in the back and strangled the youth to death. He then saw a car coming up behind him so he couldn't drop the body there. <laughs> Excuse me. Go ahead. Tippy tap your notes. You got to edit that out. <laughs> so he got in the car and he drove ahead until he could turn around so he goes up the road he's like okay now I can just cut back turn around and go back to where I'm going so when he turned around he realized it was a state trooper behind him Oh, 
But because serial killers have all the luck, the trooper continued on and didn't pull him over. Bonin continued on to Ortega Highway. I bet he was sweating some serious fucking bullets. Oh, yeah. He continued on to Ortega Highway and drove into Wilderness Park where he parked the vehicle and he got out and acted like something was wrong with his car. He said he got out and was like looking around the vehicle, acting like there was something wrong to make sure that nobody else was coming, that the trooper didn't follow him or anything. And once he didn't hear or see anyone, he dumped the body. His body was found on December 2nd alongside the Ortega Highway, five miles east of San Juan Cap... Why do I put these words I can't pronounce? Capistrano? <laughs> I don't know. Because we like to aim high, okay? Right. The body bore signs of extensive blunt trauma to the face and head with ligature marks on the wrist and ankles, indicating Fox had been bound throughout his ordeal. No clothing or other identifying evidence was discovered at the scene. With the violence against those bodies, it definitely sounds... I mean, like he made up that whole story about him. Like, this it was just a conversation. Yeah. No, he was bound, and the kid was probably struggling like a motherfucker, mm-hmm. screaming, probably hollering, and he just made up this whole story. And at some point, I'm sure he probably believed it, too. Yeah. And so part of Bonin's MO is to dump the bodies. He, he doesn't care that they're found. He doesn't try to hide them. But he does strip them of all, like, their identifying information. So they're always found naked, no clothing, no anything. Which is probably part of um, getting rid of evidence to any evidence he may have left on the clothing or whatnot. It took several days to identify the body. The body dump would mark the sixth county in Southern California. Detective Sergeant Esposito and Sergeant Sidebottom were tasked with investigating Fox's death. And if the name Sergeant Sidebottom sounds familiar... That is because he had become famous previously for being a detective on the Randy Kraft murders. Oh. So I feel like me and Detective Sergeant Sidebotham are like buddies now because I've read in depth about two of his cases. So basically, you're also the detective. Yeah. Basically, we need to have coffee and share stories. Obviously. <laughs> if he's still alive. RIP if he's not. <laughs> <laughs> Pour a little out for Think the homies. Of the- after having to do, be the detective on both of these cases, the mental. I'd be so pissed when I got that second case. Be like, God damn it, not again. Yeah. Because there's uh, a lot of similarities on uh, oh, how yeah. he, he treated the bodies. Like, motherfucker, why can't I just have a normal snatch and grab, purse case, <laughs> cat in the fucking tree, <laughs> anything, anything. You these sick motherfuckers. If you armed robbery, <laughs> and, uh, can I just maybe have a normal B and E song? <laughs> Bonin's cooldown period seemed almost elusive at this point. On December tenth, moved on to his next solo kill. Bonin again went out cruising when he spotted fifteen-year-old John Kilpatrick. When he first spotted him, Kilpatrick was talking on the phone. Keep in mind, it's a payphone. <laughs> Just want to set the scene for you guys. Which was already disgusting before he put his hands on it. Ooh. <laughs> so much DNA. So Bonham waited for him to get off the phone. And when Kilpatrick started walking down the road, he followed him. Said he was just like immediately attracted to him. Was like, that's to get this one. <laughs> you put it like that, Becky. <laughs> I gots to get it. <laughs> I feel like that's what he was saying. Like, I would like... So I'm... When I read books, um, I don't know if the rest of the world's like this. I paint pictures as I read them especially when you have a really good author who really like sets the scene for you you know and so you're 
you know, that's why sometimes um, movies after books I, I don't like because this is not who I thought this looked like. Yeah. This is not how I thought this house was going to look. That's not how this that is... name was pronounced. Uh, thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. So uh, when I would be reading these and they would be like, um, Bond and spotted this kid at a payphone. Like I'm picturing this young man standing at a payphone and then he's walking off and Bond starts following him. And yeah, so in my head, Bond was like, I got to get this one. <laughs> I'm going to snatch this kid and shag ass. That's, oh, literally. Aww. Oh, that's not what I meant. Womp, womp, womp. real dark. Oh, it was already real dark. You just yeah, brought it to true. a whole new level. Darker darker for us. Yes. I mean, everybody else was already probably vomiting. <laughs> yeah. it's. And let me tell y'all, I left out, the, I, I really started just bringing this down to the, the nitty gritty. He raped, he strangled. It goes into graphic detail of what he did in the book. I had to put it down multiple times and walk away because... Like, that's a good author. Thank you. I appreciate it. But... I'm like, oh, I'm going to vomit. Sir, I, I don't know how you wrote this several times. It literally starts making you sad where you're like, okay, I have to step away because like, I feel like I'm going to be... Um, do you remember that cartoon with the um, the white dog who was always like... Like the... like I, TV show cartoon? Or yes, like yes, yes, funny? yes. Okay. I was like, I thought it was like the funny papers. I thought it was, you're talking about like Dilbert or something. It was a white <laughs> dog that was kind of like a, like Eeyore. Like, I'll use Eeyore because everybody knows who that is. I, I would feel like Eeyore walking away from the book. Like, oh, guys, I'm just going to leave. Everything is rainy. <laughs> Everything is sad. Yes. Like, I'm like, I get to step fucking... This shit is too much. Too much. Ain't nobody got time for this. No. My soul is getting blacker in the moment. And and we're going to go into some of the actual interviews with the psycho- psychologist um, later. And she talks about it took her like 10 years to recover from. Damn. Yeah. Interviewing him and some other people. And um, she gets called back in 10 years later to interview one of his accomplices. And she was like, I knew immediately the nightmares were going to start back, everything. Oh. And man, reading this stuff, I'm like, this is probably just a drop in the bucket to what she actually read and seen. And this should be giving me nightmares, bro. Oh. So anyway, back to, to murder and mayhem. <laughs> <laughs> so he sees him on the phone. He follows him as he started walking. Says, I got to get that one. I got to get him. So he then pulled up beside him and offered him $20 to show him Los Angeles. The youth voluntarily got into the van. Bonin said momentarily he thought about not killing him because he was so attracted to him. He wanted to possibly have a relationship with him. But things changed when Bonin attempted to touch his anus. Uh, Like his anus was just hanging out? (laughs) Like what? So he got him in the car. Apparently, it's not like the anus is an elbow. I forgot that. <laughs> I forgot that I have really cut a lot out of this one because it was just becoming too much for me to handle. <laughs> so he gets him in the van. They get in the back. They start performing oral sex on each other, and then he like slides his finger up. If you want the exact words in the book, where he tried to finger his butthole. <laughs> I told you guys, I really tried to like <laughs> take a lot of it. I'm not even playing. Like when I <laughs> tell you, I had to step away. It was getting to be too much. I'm just it was, tell you what this author said. I did not think, listen. It's more surprises after another. At first, it was like I thought you were going to say like he touched his leg. No, he touched his anus. 
put his fingers in I his butthole. I could have said he tried I to finger his butthole. I love you're more technical than the author, though. Listen, that's how you know she's... Girl, she it's because when I tell you, it's like, they got in the back, he pulled his pants down, his underwear, they were right below his knees. When I tell you, it Bro, was like reading like a pornographic book. it's like those uncomfortable sex scenes in, in Game of Thrones. Like, why are we doing this right now? <laughs> like, what I've also felt to say is, every time when I tell you he reaches into the front seat to get a knife... What his thing was is he would perform oral sex until right before climax and he would tell him, I'm going to get tissues. I don't do the cum thing. And when he was going up to get tissues is when he would actually grab the knife. But I really didn't want to tell that part. But now that Jennifer's making me explain the anus situation, I figured <laughs> I'd explain a few more. Now I had to explain why this man's anus was freely in the open. Yes. yes. Okay, okay. Just trust me. There was some lead up to anything I say. I won't ask another question about it. That's for sure. <laughs> You're probably going to be glad I didn't tell you. and Because if you ask, you might get a surprise you don't want. Like, I'm sure the last thing Jennifer thought today when she woke up this morning was she was going to hear about someone fingering a butthole. (laughs) No. Life is full of surprises, Jennifer. (laughs) Full of surprises. Not always good ones either. (laughs) Nobody likes a surprise finger in the butthole. He did not. And he was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. (laughs) Knock it off. I'm just here for a little. cut it out. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure that's exactly what he did, too. You naughty boy. (laughs) So he he tried to touch his anus. (laughs) Kilpatrick stopped him and said, whoa, 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 bro, I don't do that. They then agreed to do a 69, and Bonin said he needed to get tissues, but instead retrieved a string and a knife. They use the word string a lot, okay? Me, I'm thinking like a piece of like twine. That's a piece of string. It's got to be more than that because this is what he tied the victims up with, and then he uses a string in other ways with the victim you will hear about today. I think like string, like, oh, you have like a him coming undone. That's yeah. a string. Yeah. Like rope or. I'm thinking it's really macrame line I'm, or whatever. <laughs> it's got to be like rope extension cordesque type thing because you're not taking a piece of twine and tying up these young Might as well say men. it's dental floss. I mean, yeah. stop it. We ain't getting rid of gingivitis. So maybe I should change it from string to rope. You're already the better author. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> So he retrieved a string and knife, when which he promptly put the knife to his throat and tied him up. He proceeded to rape him with extreme violence, which again, they tell you in detail what he did. We're just going to say extreme violence. I'm going to save y'all some nightmares and therapy. Due to the, so he was like extremely violent with the rape because he had denied his advances to do anything anally. So he really took it out on him. But I also don't even think that had anything to do with it. You can see his clear escalation in the brutality of his crimes. Bonin then drove to his mother's house, took the boy inside. Once inside, the boy confessed he was only 15 in hopes that Bonin would show some mercy. Instead, he told him, if you want to see 16, do exactly what you are told. Yeah. Bonin then went to the kitchen, and again, it says got string, but it's got to be rope, and whipped him with it until he cried and then proceeded to strangle the youth to death with the aforementioned string. So, yeah, it's got to be rope. I really should have changed the word string. But let me tell you, I was changing so much to to make it a little less sickening more, that yeah, more string digestible. just felt good <laughs> versus rope. <laughs> yeah. so it was just a string. You know, just a string. It's a little, a little nothing. Yeah. Kilpatrick's body was discovered in a remote area of Rialto. His body was found on December 13th. Kilpatrick remained a John Doe until August 5th of 1980. 
because Kilpatrick, he was a troubled youth whose parents had recently divorced and he was known to disappear for days at a time. His mother hesitated to report the disappearance and his friends also mistakenly reported seeing him at a mall. As a result, he was not reported missing until February. Yeah. Bonnie Every kills, moment that someone's missing, exponentially less likely to find them. Yeah. So if you think someone's missing, if you are even, just do it. That's what the police are there for. Fucking right? just let them do a drive-by. Yeah. See something, say something. See something, say something, man. Bond and Kills Alone, number five. I literally, my dog ran away last week when I was cutting the grass. And I was already telling him, like, you need to go ahead and put it on the Facebook groups. Right now, we got a reward, and that's for a dog. I take this shit seriously. 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 We can't all be overly dramatic, Jennifer. <laughs> I'm calling the police every chance I get. The okay. police do have real crimes. <laughs> you telling me my dog, my baby Luna, isn't... As <laughs> precious as she is. <laughs> when she scanned the, both sides of the room with one set of eyes. I need you to calm down. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. If I must. Jimmy's like, I haven't even got off the couch to look for the dog, and you already have me posting and printing missing flyers. <laughs> <laughs> chill. But God knows he can't tell you to chill in that moment. <laughs> or he, missing posters for Jimmy will be also printed out. <laughs> I don't know why he deal with my bullshit. Literally, she was over here. Cheaper to keep her. It was, she was over on the other side of the, the, the wall of our neighborhood. And Jimmy had went down there. I saw him. And then I went down there screaming down the highway like an idiot. And then I see her and I'm like yelling at her, go home. And I'm like, Jimmy, did you even yell her name? Did you? I did. I swear I did. (laughs) Afterwards, listen, I'm so sorry. Look, he puts up the bullshit because it's cheaper to keep you and he's too pretty for prison. He is. So he would be somebody's bitch real quick. Quick. Could you imagine all the hacking he could do on the, the... TV that they have there. Let me get you some HBO, sir. <laughs> and they're making up prison tools to hack the cable, <laughs> get them porn. <laughs> Ain't no squiggly line for us anymore, guys. You got to have some kind of worth to not be beaten fucked to death in prison. So Jimmy's got it on lock. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um. I was going to say something really sick, but we're going to, this is sick enough. So let me just <laughs> leave my disgusting comments to myself. Oh, look at myself. you. Growth. <laughs> All right. So now you have to. Now I need to know. As I'm saying, he can suck dick like a champ. <laughs> <laughs> he was in the army. <laughs> it, it, the don't only ask, way don't you tell. can make that better is say he's in the Navy. In the Navy. <laughs> All right, so moving back along to murder. <laughs> Bonin kills alone, number five. On January 1st, 1980, Bonin encountered 15-year-old Ontario youth Michael Francis McDonald near the Chino Airport. Bonin had decided to go to a new area because he felt like police were probably starting to watch the surrounding areas. Bonin seen McDonald walking down the road, pulled over, and waved a $50 bill, asking if he'd like to earn it. He told him he just needed to sell some pot for him. See, his story is changing again. Now, mm-hmm. this one I felt was more believable as something that probably happened. Mm-hmm. So he tells the kid, hey, I just need you to sell some pot for me. The kid was like, yeah, cool. I just have to. And he's like, yeah, I want you to take it up here. You'll make $50. This sounds like some shit a 15-year-old boy would fall for, okay? So Bonin parked behind an apartment building and told the boy 
They had to hide back there so no one would see them getting all the shit together. Again, this all sounds plausible right now, especially to a 15-year-old boy. Yeah. Then he tells the kid to get in the back of the van. And at first, the kid was like, no, no, no. He's like, look, we got to, like, dole out the little bags and stuff back here. We can't have somebody, like, a cop roll up and see us. So the kid was like, oh, okay, oh, makes logic, sense. logic, you know. Let me yeah. get in and get these drugs. And I, actually, I'm like, this is one I might have been dumb enough to fall for. Well, I wasn't going to sell drugs. because this is, I would have been dumb enough to fall for it. <laughs> I'd when I was like, you know what? You're right. The man is always watching. <laughs> And you know that was probably the exact conversation. <laughs> Look, even when I was a teen, my dad worked in a prison. So I already knew at a young age that was not the route I wanted to go. <laughs> yeah. I seen the mental turmoil that he came home with from being there. So I was like, I don't feel like that's a place for me. <laughs> so if anybody would have been like, you want to sell these drugs? I'd be like, nah, bro, hard pass. <laughs> I think so. No, thank you. <laughs> I have a brighter future, okay? <laughs> I do. I'm going to write about you and talk about you later. So... <laughs> so the kid willingly gets into the back. And immediately, Bonin starts beating the youth. He beats him into submission. He forces McDonald to orally copulate himself before, again, squeezing his genitals. Uh, copulate him or the kid does it to himself? Oh, that would be a trick, wouldn't it? Yeah, I was like, wait no, a second. Hold on. He what? makes the kid suck him off. Oh. Let, like, me, let me break it down in better words for Jennifer here. <laughs> She was like, what, what? I, I got Hello. confused when you said, oh, we copulate. Oh, suck his dick. Got you. Okay, we're on the same page. I was like, wait a second. <laughs> he could do that with a kid? Did he kill him first? Like, that's horrible. But oh my God, I'm intrigued. Well, I did change the words. I had initially wrote, um, he beat him into submission. McDonald orally copulated Bonin. If I had said it that way, we'd all been clear. Let me stop trying to I'm just change saying it, it up on the impressive. fly. I'm just saying, like, if, if I was in a life or death situation, I'd hope to be able to orally copulate myself to yeah. get out of I'd it. I'd be like, you know what? Before I die, let me suck my dick one more time. <laughs> just for old time's sake. <laughs> so then he squeezes his genitals and then rapes the young man in the back of the van. Now, he was fully clothed when he was found alongside Highway 71 in the outskirts of Chino. Although his body was not identified until March 24th. One thing about Bonin was that he never hid the bodies. His method of evasion was simply spreading the bodies out geographically. When asked during one interview, so during one of the interviews with the psychiatrist, she asked him if he did not hide the bodies because he wanted to get caught. <laughs> she said he looked her right in the eye with disbelief and said, what? You kidding? <laughs> <laughs> Finally, a killer who says it for real. Let right? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I thought that was going to work. That was it? my best attempt. <laughs> I was like, I thought the same thing you did. Oh, well, finally an honest answer from one. <laughs> At least he was honest about it. I prefer that over trying to be like, I, I did. I just want him to catch me. He was like, no, nah, bitch, I did not want to get caught. This was a long-term plan for me. I was going to do this as long as I could. <laughs> long, brutal, as many as I could. <laughs> Could you imagine that woman's face after he was like, bitch? <laughs> but, oh, 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 That wasn't really the answer I was expecting. <laughs> so straight to the chair. Okay. <laughs> so Bonin's victim count is now 10 victims in just five months. In the previous six years before Bonin began killing, police had only had 20 victims killed in a homosexual nature. Now in the past five months, they were at half the number they were in the last six years. Mm. Up until January of 1980, all the murders were being reported as unrelated. But that was about to change. 
when J.J. Maloney comes into the store. Oh, J.J. Oh, J.J. <laughs> so J.J. was a famous reporter known for his hard-hitting hard exposés and being straightforward. Definitely not the same J.J. I'm married to. <laughs> <laughs> Maloney had spent years in reform school before being sentenced to four, one, two, three, four life sentences at the age of 19 for murder and armed robbery. Holy shit. He was self-educated in prison and became an artist, a poet, and a book reviewer. <laughs> Again, just like the anus, was not expecting that last one. Uh-uh. He was released on parole in 1972. And just a side note, don't know how you get four life sentences and then you get par- uh, parole. But I digress. Listen, you must be really good at reviewing books. Well, right? I can say. I did not dive into how he got out after getting four life sentences. Da, da, da. I just thought I'd give you a little backstory yeah. on him. Just, you know. This isn't about him. These are my version of the fun facts that Jimmy inserts. Exactly. I like yours. Jimmy's would be like historical, you know, accurate descriptions of how these things came about. Minor things like butt fingering. <laughs> Whose are more fun? Quote, unquote. <laughs> Whose are more fun? Let's be honest here. I'm saying it's yours. Thank it's you. yours. Thank you. Jimmy's like, eh, eh, eh. Shh. you're not the talent. <laughs> Thank you. He was already bullying me about what time I was going to get here today. <laughs> that was my fault. <laughs> He's like, so I guess it's going to be more around I'm four. Like, hey, did you um ask what time we're doing the the thing? He's like, no. Oh, you're the producer. You're the talent. Exactly. That's why you asked. Listen, <laughs> you guys told me between three and four. That's an open hour. That's an open hour. <laughs> That's an open hour. I, I can be here. Thank you. Three, you all right, be here. Three fifty nine. It's a surprise. I like to keep you guys on your toes. <laughs> I was there, like, please let it be four this time. I'm behind. <laughs> I was too. <laughs> I didn't even get up till three. <laughs> then I was See? like, I need my coffee first. <laughs> Listen, coffee is fucking important. You don't want me here without coffee. You Jimmy will be bullied. So bad. <laughs> He'll be crying. I'm just kidding, y'all. More I than hope, usual. You know, we treat him like the king he is off air. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Wink, wink. <laughs> Sound off, king. <laughs> ah, you're fucking stupid. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, let me get back. <laughs> okay. He went on to work for the star and made a name for himself by writing a series on the prisons and the mobs. He sensed a big story with all the recent murders and started he nosing sensed around. one, you think? Well, he was the first person to start going, wait a minute. We went one together, and it makes two. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Such as all these boys being found naked might belong he, to the same fella. He becomes a big part of the story in part four. Really? Mm-hmm. That's why I just gave you this little, you know. I always love Imagine a- that guy doing a little sprinkle. Yeah. <laughs> That's me. Sprinkle a little bit of him in here. because he I becomes, love a good comeback story, you know? Yeah. He becomes a big part of the fourth episode. <laughs> Maybe he becomes an accessory. Maybe not. No, I'm just kidding. He doesn't. We're about to find out. He doesn't. So detectives still believed it was multiple murders. That is until a tape lift technique found avocado green fibers on the victims. They were tested and found to be similar. This was the first common link among the victims that was later traced upon him. Somebody has really bad taste in upholstery. Just saying. Avocado <laughs> green. Okay. I don't know. A shagging wagon with green carpet in the bag. I'm here for it. <laughs> Listen, it just needs to be dark to cover up all the stains because it's a shagging wagon. <laughs> <laughs> but mine would not be for shagging. It would be for... Napping wagon. <laughs> Napping wagon or the alone time wagon. When mom's in the van, you leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> if these... If there's... 
No music, no silence coming off of this. Don't you fucking disturb me. And don't you dare report me missing or anything wrong. Because if those cops wake me up to investigate if I'm okay. Remember like those old like bands back in the day and they'd have like the big ass TVs on yeah. them and it was like the captain's chairs. Exactly I want one what of I those. want. Yes. I want one of those. And I'm just going to park in a van and everybody leave me alone. <laughs> when I'm in the van, fridge. leave me alone. Um, Probably like, uh, uh, what are those things? Like they have I've the now tap- digressed from a yacht to a van that I want. <laughs> We are women of simple <laughs> pleasures, okay? Yes. We need a, a like a kegger, but for wine. You yes. know what I mean? It's happening. Yeah. The napping wagon. <laughs> the napping wagons. Oh, my clutch, my pearls. <laughs> <laughs> and ooh, can we get painted on the side pictures of you and I? Oh, my God. Yes. It has to be airbrushed. Yes. Duh. <laughs> I would expect nothing less. <laughs> In the very like seventies like airbrush, yes. yes, with some like pen lines going down. That bitch better be gold. You fucking right. <laughs> when it when you see it in the sun, it better blind your ass. That's right. With blind glory. you with the beauty of us. Mm. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> <laughs> we digress. Fawn and six. Sorry, solo. it was just a dream meeting. <laughs> right. Sorry, guys. Bonin's sixth solo kill was a victim named James Moore and is not listed on Bonin's official victim list. As far as known, the victim's body was either never found or has never been linked to Bonin, but his name does appear on Bonin's master list of victims in his diary. He claims he picked him up, raped him, murdered him, and dumped him in a garbage site. Is it a victim or is it not? I don't know, but it was on Bonin's master list which is absolutely horrifying to think of. it's one thing to like you know, know that randy craft had a list too it's one thing or uh, rodney alcala had his photos it's one thing to know that your family member was murdered by a sadistic killer is another to not know where they are and yeah. if they were in all these open-ended questions when i originally read that and it, he was like oh i killed this kid and i dumped him in a garbage site and that's probably why the body was never found or anything I thought, well, that's bullshit because he's not dumped anybody in garbage sites yet. Spoiler alert, he does dump some of the later victims who are found in garbage sites. Damn so it. then, yeah, so then I'm like, fuck, he probably really did. Next, we will bring in some new accomplices. This is in regards to Charles Miranda and James McCabe, February 3rd, 1980, as told to Vonda Pelto, PhD, and Jean Briscoe by Gregory Miley. So Gregory Miley is the accomplice. He's going to tell about the two murders of Charles Miranda and James McCabe. So the whole reason that this, so there's like a couple chapters that's just this interview. This Jean Briscoe had called Vonda Pelto. She was the psychiatrist who I told you had the nightmares and stuff from interviewing Bonham and his accomplices many years before. So this was years later. Jean Briscoe called her because this guy was getting accused of a murder and he believed that it was actually one of Bonham's murders. And so they wanted to go in and interview the accomplice and see if they could find out whether this victim was truly him or not. So an important key to these next murders is that Bonin was about to report to jail for six months on February 4th for parole revocation from his August 1979 sexual perversion arrest. So in the previous episode, we had talked about him getting his parole revoked, blah, 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 blah. So now he was about to go and do six months for that parole being revoked. He's fixing to go to jail for six months on February 4th. Hey, let's go kill some people on February 3rd. Yeah. We got to get a lot done because I'll be gone for a little bit. (laughs) So Gregory Miley had met Bonin at Scott Frazier's apartment and they had quickly become friends and lovers. 
Bonham went to Miley's house on February 2nd with the intent to get a few murders in before he's off to jail. Miley says Bonham came over and they went to the store. During the trip, Bonham asked if he'd ever killed anyone. He then played out a scenario where, what if they picked up a chick and she refused sex and they raped her? Well, then they'd have to kill her so that she wouldn't report them and asked Miley if he'd be able to handle the situation to which she replied, replied yes. So off cruising they went. So basically, Bonin had gotten in the car with him, and he was like, hey, you want to go pick up a, a chick or a dude? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, well, what do you think would happen, like, if we got them and, you know, we're two horny young dudes, and then they don't want to have sex? And the guy's like, uh, I guess we could just, like, have sex with them anyway? Bonin's like, yeah, but then what would that be? And he's like, oh, I guess technically that would mean that we raped them. He's like, exactly. So then what would they do? And he's like, uh, and he's like, they would tell the man, right? And the guy's like, oh, yeah, I guess. He's like, so what we'd have to do? He's like, I guess kill him? And he's like, exactly. Are this you up like for it? like a dumb and dumber type of conversation well, where he's leading him through it. Like, obviously. You find out later that uh, Gregory Miley is mentally handicapped. He has an IQ of like 56. So, yeah, he's like easily influenced. And he's also only like 15 at this time. Oh, God, that's awful. Yeah. So they ended up in Hollywood. 15-year-old Charles Miranda was out for the evening partying with friends. Around 2.30, Charles had asked some friends for a ride home, but they told him to call his father. He was out with these friends. They went home early. Then he went to their house and woke him up and was like, hey, will you take me home? And they were like, no, man, just call your dad to come get you. And they went back to sleep. So he left and just decided to hitchhike home. You know, those friends had to be like, fuck, I wish I would have just got up and taken him. Keep that in mind. If a friend asks for a ride, just fucking give him a ride. Because yeah. you don't know what kind of situation... At 2.30 in the morning, nothing good happens after 2. Nothing. Not a damn thing. Jimmy's Fun Facts. You have probably heard a variation of the adage, nothing good happens after midnight at some point during your life, whether from TV shows or your parents. But where does it come from? The earliest variation of this proverb, coincidentally, comes from Proverbs 7 through 9. To summarize, a young man with no sense, which I take to mean inebriated, was spotted walking down the street at night toward a prostitute's home, unaware that this encounter would cost him his life. As true in ancient times as it is today, your impairment and judgment tend to get worse throughout the night, whether with the aid of things like alcohol or not. In essence, it means to not be in the wrong place at the wrong time doing the wrong things. So, Except for sleep. Yes. That's the good thing. But see, if you're not sleeping, bad things happen. Bad things happen. So Charles did not, and he started walking down Santa Monica Boulevard looking for a ride. So that's when Bonin and Miley spot him. They offer him a ride home. He's like, nah, I'm good. They offered him to smoke a joint, and they said he looked very disinterested and was like, ah, no. But then they pulled out a $100 bill and requested head from the man, and he was like, sure. And I'm like, again, I'm not sure that I believe this story. Yeah. <laughs> you, he... Just wants a ride. You guys offer him a ride. He's like, nah, I'm good. Offer to smoke a joint. He's like, no. It, like, he's very disinterested about to walk away. So you pulled $100. You're like, you want to suck my dick? And he's like, I sure do. That's all I was waiting for, sir. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, ah. I feel like if he was really, like, looking for sex, he would have said that when he came up to the van, not been, like, very, like, if he was a sex almost worker. bothered by them. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, this is just a way for you to, like, shame the victims, I feel like. Yeah. Not that there's anything wrong with being no, but gay, even but that, you're making them to be like prostitutes exactly. and all this other stuff to kind of like, uh, it's like ex- degrading. Yeah, like they they were too good for my my drugs and my company, but they did want to let me suck their dick. 
Yeah. Like, sir, this is not how that works. This is not a porno. This shit is... Yeah. $100? Come on. Well, $100 was a lot back then. That's true. They then drove around looking for a spot to park. They park, get in the back, and start to fool around before Bonin quickly escalates to raping and beating the young man. Miley is up front just watching. So, he's He's sitting in the front seat. A little bit. Well, and that's what he said. He was like, initially, I was like, whoa, I didn't think all this shit was about to go down. Yeah. And so, he's watching him back. He told me abroad, and this is completely not what's happening. Well, Miley did like men. So, I don't think he was completely shocked about that part. But, you know, the scenario they played out, I don't think he thought he was going to get back there and just like start beating the shit out of this kid. And if this kid had a lower IQ, just like the shock and the... um. How do I get out of this? Kind of is not an easy thing for him, I'm sure. Well, and this guy goes into like details of exactly all the beating and everything because they audio recorded it. And so it's like the transcript of everything he says. And it is, I had to like walk away from this interview a couple times and come back. And I was like, fuck, it's going to take me forever to get this episode done because this is too much. Yeah. And the guy, like, at first you kind of, like, are like, oh, yeah, man, maybe he was scared. Mm-mm. I think he was just a little, like, intimidated to start in because he goes full on throttle in this, okay? So he's watching him beat the shit out of him, and he's like, oh. Then Bonin invites him in the back to participate, which he gladly jumps back and starts raping the kid as well. He said, I was like, well, this is what I came here for. And he's like, I was trying to rape him, but, like, I couldn't get hard. So then Bonin performs oral sex on him, gets him hard, so then he goes back to raping the kid. And then he gets done, and Bonin rapes him, and then he rapes him. The two of them are just going back and forth, raping and beating the shit out of this kid. He was like, yeah, we'd like punch him a few times and then rape him, and then Bonin would be like, let me get some of that. And then he would jump on him and do it. I can only imagine the absolute terror and horror that this poor kid, I'm telling you, girl, see your face? Imagine reading it in graphic oh detail. I had to keep walking away. I was Jimmy, like, this what's is too that, much. that horror movie where the girl um, comes back and kills all her rapists? I spit on your grave. This girl gets gang raped by a bunch of fucking rednecks out in the woods, and then she gets back. I wish these kids could have gone back. It gets like it's so fucking excruciating that, like, yes, you want her to persevere, but it's so fucking dark that it is just like you're stunned, just like that. Like, oh fuck, yeah. I would like recommend this. it if you have an afternoon to lose and a little part of your soul you'd like to give away. <laughs> Always looking for that. <laughs> Just kidding. I don't have a soul. <laughs> I mean, you know, my former realization is listening to serial killers as I wind down to go to sleep. Yeah. When you told me that, I'm like, ah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's why I take sleepy medication. <laughs> <laughs> as I said, they proceed to take turns raping and beating him. Until together they strangle him to death with a shirt twisted with the tire iron, which was their MO. But he goes into graphic detail about it and he said that Bond started strangling him and then he was like, hey, this is what I came here for. Let me get in on it. So he jumps over and starts strangling him. Then they put their knee on his throat and the guy is like, and then all of a sudden his whole neck just went flat. Between the tire iron and the pressing, they completely crushed his neck. Yeah, girl. That, and all that of a like, sudden his neck. Bitch. I'm like, bookmark, I got to walk away. And I'll like get up and like go walk, go do something and then come back a little bit later because I was like, I, and remember this Bruh. is audio tape him telling and she's talking about how at one point she had heard a lot of this before. So 
it was like bringing back like past trauma to her, but the detective had never heard of this. She said she looked over at him at one point and he was like, why does a sheet? And she was like, I was convinced he was going to puke during the interview because he was just like, what the fuck? Because like I said, I'm bringing it down for you. They probably brought it down a little bit for me in the book. I, that's why I told JJ, I was like, I just couldn't get into episode four right now. I like need a, like a mental break for a couple days from it. Yeah. And I was telling JJ about it. He was like, oh my God. Oh. I was like, yeah, imagine yeah. reading it and then writing it up. I exactly. was like instantly regretting that I covered him. And I, now I know why not a lot of people have. <laughs> so many records. Yeah. Every letter. I just, you know, keep <laughs> surprising myself with what I can handle. <laughs> <sighs> they then drove and dumped the body in a dumpster. So see, this next body was dumped in a dumpster. So it makes me believe that that one victim, they probably, he probably did dump him in a dumpster and the body was just never found. I saw a, a picture of the inside of a dump truck and a lot of them nowadays have cameras of the back Yeah, because the they trash. kept squishing homeless people that were sleeping in dumpsters. I didn't know that. Like, oh, I was yeah. like, holy shit, look at us. 21st century, we're watching out for bodies. <laughs> We've come so Listen, far. Listen, how fucked are we as a society that we now we have to install cameras to look for bodies in our trash? <sighs> wow. It's a sad fucking day. Damn. Miranda was luckily his body was found the next day because somebody was out looking in the dumpsters for boxes. I'm assuming like moving or something and they were out looking for boxes. Well, I'll never do that. Mm -mm. That's why you go to liquor store. <laughs> I'm going to put my shit in a Bacardi box. Thank you. Uh, I don't even know who's drinking that much Bacardi, but thank you. I believe you. <laughs> Miley says immediately after dumping the body, Bonham wanted to go get another boy. He said, we literally dumped the body and we're talking about getting something to eat. And he was like, you know what? No, let's get another body. He said, he was like, bruh, I'm tired. <laughs> like that was direct a whole ordeal. God Just kidding. Damn. Direct quote. <laughs> I love our direct quotes. <laughs> so Miley said he started driving around and he just kind of dozed off in the front seat because he said he stopped and tried to pick up a few people and they were like, no, nah, I'm good. And so Miley dozed off and he said, Bonin drove around all night looking and attempting another abduction. Bonin woke him up in the morning in Huntington Beach where Bonin had found their next victim. Miley told him he was too young, but Bonin didn't care. The victim was James McCabe. He was on his way to Disneyland when they offered him a ride to which he declined. So his brother had given him some money and sent him down to the bus stop to go to Disney. Apparently at this time, kids went to Disneyland by themselves. Um, he was only 12 years old. Holy shit. Yeah. So they said they offered him Listen, a ride. They, did let, they let us do a lot of shit when we were kids that I can't even imagine. No. When I was visiting home, uh, there was a corner store around the corner from our house. We'd walk to get us some Fago <laughs> and buy Mama her marble lights. Okay? That shit would never fly now. Never! I remember telling Camilla, like, the first off, Camilla, could you imagine walking from Papa's house down to this store right here by yourself? What? I was like, I did that shit when I was younger than you. Right. Let alone all the other shit that I was doing. Our kids were wild. I mean, our parents were wild. <laughs> Fucking wild. The 80s to the 90s. So much, so much high fructose corn syrup. <laughs> if you survived it, congratulations. <laughs> Skin of our teeth. So when they offered him a ride, he was literally skipping down the side of the road and told them, no, I'm just going to take the bus. They then offered him pot and he was like, yeah, and climbed in. Now, I'm, I'm not going to say that I'm naive and don't think that 12-year-olds smoke pot. I know there are some 12-year-olds out there that do that. But a little kid skipping down the road to go to Disneyland, 
not feeling like on the side he's smoking joints. No. I could be wrong. I'm just saying. It would be the first time I was wrong, but I could be. It could be. I don't know. I never heard, known you to be wrong. Thank you. I was waiting for it. I never <laughs> known her to be wrong. But I digress. <laughs> so this one was a really hard one to read. So I really just summed it up in one sentence. They took him in the back. They raped him. They beat him. They strangled him. And they dumped him in the dumpster. And that's all we're going to say about this 12-year-old boy. We're not going to go into any more detail because I do not want Leave you all to Leave the image. Of him skipping to Disney as the image you have. Because yeah. once you undo, once you start reading these things and get that, there's so many times that I'm like, why the fuck did I read that? I'll never not be able to think of yeah. it. So that's all I'm going to leave y'all with. You're so nice. Thank you. You're welcome. They both then went home and slept before Bonin reported to jail. He was going to jail that day and he killed this little 12-year-old boy before he went. Holy shit. Miley claims Bonin told him he had killed 44 victims in all. Per Bonin's claim to Miley, he started in 71 when he was working in plumbing. It was so funny because when I read that, I was like, shit, I don't remember ever reading that he was working in plumbing. Did I miss something? And uh, he said he would That lure. almost sounds like a euphemism. <sighs> like he just made that shit up. Like me and my shagging wagon, we're into plumbing. Sir, that's not how that we works. We lay pipe. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I have to say a joke so I can get through it. Oh, girl, Yes. <laughs> He told him hey, he you'll did. never think about Mario the same. <laughs> mm-hmm. He said he would lure men, have sex, kill them, and bury them in the desert. But this is when Bonham was in the mental hospital and he never did plumbing. When I got to that, I was like, oh, okay, okay, okay. I was remembering right. <laughs> <laughs> Bonham went into county and only served a little over a month before being released on March 14th, 1980, and released completely from parole on April 11th, 1980. When Bonin got out, Miley had already moved to Texas with his family. Bonin reached out to him and assured him that he would get him back to L.A., and he did eventually. Just not in the way he intended. Mm. On the first day of release, Bonin called up Butts to see if he wanted to go out cruising to find somebody. But, but, (laughs) Bonin had already planned a game of D&D with his friends (laughs) and declined. (laughs) <laughs> because let's be honest D&D what's better than life. D&D <laughs> thank you <laughs> when get your I wizard that, cap on boy we gonna play some D&D roll for an <laughs> I was like that so sounds like Jimmy and JJ if they had another one of their D&D nights planned I could be like JJ I got this lingerie I'm gonna wear for you he'd be like <sighs> you see I got a night with the boys plan <laughs> I got my good my good wizard cape and my fresh cleans. dice. I haven't even cracked them open and smelled them yet. I haven't even sell. These are definitely nat 20 dice if I ever seen them. <laughs> Jimmy Chicken's You know it's true, I Jimmy. I was like, so D&D's always been like this because he was like, oh, as much as I'd love to go kill somebody, I do have like, a Do you know D&D. how hard it is to coordinate five young men's that schedules sh- to play a game? Yeah. Do you know how hard it is to get five nerds free on a Friday night? <laughs> <laughs> so difficult they have jam-packed schedules of social activities <laughs> sure 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 listen we can't we can't make the fellas wait okay we're right in the middle of a campaign i'm gonna fuck that guy's npc he don't even know it yet i just got my new figurine off the 3d printer it's fresh off the mold it's still warm <laughs> i'm about to breast and paint that baby Woo! I got some glitter for that shit. <laughs> Boom. 
So anyway, <laughs> we digress. <laughs> oh, with no one to go with Bonin, he headed out solo. His fantasies and need for murder were only increasing, and he was also wanting younger victims. Bonin was cruising down Van Noy's Boulevard when he spotted 18-year-old Ronald Gatlin. He was attracted to his slim build and innocent looks. He offered him a ride, and he accepted him. The youth was heading home, but it only being 10 p.m. on a Friday night, Bonin asked him if he wanted to cruise around. The youth agreed. Bonin had six weeks of pent-up murdering frustration, and poor Gatlin was about to experience it all. Bonin states the youth agreed to give him oral sex for $50. Bonin immediately took a knife and tied the young man up at knife point. He then raped and assaulted the youth. Bonin then told him that if he could find someone else, he would let him go. And this was because he had fantasies about a double murder. He then drove around. So he tied the kid up and he had his head between the two front seats. That way he could keep an eye on him, but he could also look for other victims. So he drove around until he seen two boys on the side of the road. He offered them $50 to give them oral sex. One boy agreed, but one boy declined. He knew that they had both seen him, so he couldn't just take one. And at the time he was talking to those two young boys with the tied up boy in the back, another state trooper passed Bonin, but again, didn't stop. And I'm like, shag and wagon, talking to two young boys on the side of the road with an adult male, and this trooper didn't feel a need to stop. Okay, okay, cool story. <laughs> like, come on, guys. To all those police officers out there that are listening to our podcast. You're doing a better job now than you were then. That's true. Very true. But also, just take a look. had to learn from mistakes. Just take a little peeky-poo. If we learn anything from our past, just a little peek. But you know the problem with, you know, no, I'm not even going to go into it because that's going to digress to a whole other thing. (laughs) (laughs) Like, listen, we're into social activism on a schedule, okay? Uh, Yes. (laughs) Yes, ma'am, that's correct. (laughs) Bonnet got spooked when the trooper drove by. And drove to a parking lot, strangled the youth in his typical M.O. and dumped the body. He was found the next day. Again, I left a lot out of that one because it was horrific, too. Yeah, six, what is it, six weeks of pent up? I'm yeah. sure it was horrific. So anybody who's lost count, Bonin's body count is now at 14 victims, left in six counties with multiple jurisdictions. Only a week after release, Bonin attempted, wanted to attempt something he had fantasies about doing killing two boys in one day. In later interviews, he would say that his only regret was not getting to kill three in one day. Oh, God. But again, at least he's keeping it 100. <laughs> at least he being honest, I guess. He did tell them, you should not let me out. Many times. <laughs> Many times. Which yeah. I'm sure they'll go back to. But we're like, God damn it, you guys. We should have listened. And then when the mental hospital said, they even got frustrated and said, he can't be fixed. He said, I can't be fixed. But we were like, you know what? You seem like a sweet boy. We're going to give you one more chance. Just one more. One more. Don't hurt anybody. So on March 21st, Bonin set off to do just this. He offered a ride to 14-year-old hitchhiker Glenn Norman Baker. Baker was also beaten and raped with objects. While still alive in the back, Bonin attempted to find another victim. He did find someone to get into the van but they wouldn't agree to anything and managed to get out of the van. So he had homeboy tied up in the back, but he had covered him up with a blanket. And he was like, I just want you to act like you're back there sleeping. And I'm going to tell people you're my cousin. So he got this other guy into the van and the guy seen him. And he was like, oh, it's just my cousin. He's tired. I'm giving him a ride home. 
And they didn't go into detail about what he was like saying to the boy, but the boy was like, I'm getting the fuck out of here. And he managed to get out of the van. Oh, thank God. At approximately 4.07 the same day, 15-year-old Russell Rowe got into the van. He attempted to leave as well, but Bonin wasn't making that mistake twice. He had both victims now tied up in the back of the van. He raped Glenn, and then he made them perform sexual acts on each other. So he's got the two kids back there, yeah. And now he's like, you suck his dick, you suck his dick. He's making him do all this stuff. It's like a fucked up human version of Barbies. Yeah. Again, I skipped a lot of the details for you. He then psychologically tortured them by having them convince him while he should kill one and not themselves and kill the other. So basically he would tell Glenn, he's like, why should I kill him and not you? So then he would be like, you should kill him because da 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 And he'd be like, okay, enough. Now you tell me why I should kill him and not you. And he would make the boys go back and forth and try to convince him to kill the other one. No, and probably good and goddamn well he was going to kill both of them. Yeah. Oh. Just being a fucking dick. <laughs> he had them sit there and, you know, uh, testify why they should kill the other one. And then he had them, he told them, well, will you help me kill him? So then they'd be like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I got you. We'll both kill him together. Because he was like, if you help me kill him, then I know you can't go to the police because you helped me do it. So you were an accessory. So then he had both boys saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I'll help you kill the other boy. Just imagine the psychological torture that would be. And I mean, I'm sure you'd say anything. At that point, you know you're about to die. Yeah. It's you or that person that you don't know. And it's a stranger. And yeah, he goes, he parks. And he told Glenn, I'm going to strangle you into unconsciousness and then let you go free. But of course, he killed them. He then looked at Rue and said, I'm killing him, but you get to go free. He then took the shirt off Glenn's neck and Rue said, you're going to kill me. And that's when Bonin said, yeah, but at least I didn't fuck you. He then let the youth pray before he killed them. He then dumped their bodies and went home. So now he's killed his two victims in the same day you know only regrets not being able to do three as the author stated certain days in history are of supreme importance and on march 24th 1980 certainly would be one for bonham no one else due to lack of relevant documents has been able to divine the web of coincidences and consequences within a day which stands out only because bonham killed one more boy Four people within Bonin's personal world crossed paths, performed heinous acts, and changed lives. It would take months for those acts to play out and decades to understand. And that is where we're going to end part three, leading us on to part four, which is going to wrap this whole thing up. It's probably going to be a longer than normal one because we're going to tie up everything, go over everything, and have a dramatic end to it all. Fuck, you can't do five episodes of that. No. Holy shit. I was like, this I don't know might how you done this five. And then Ooh. I was like, uh uh-uh, uh, I can't do no more. This shit's gonna have to wrap up. Episode <laughs> wrap four. it up. Yeah. Wrap it up. <laughs> I'm finishing it up. But like I said, we spent a lot of hours on each episode. And this has been a lot of mental torture I've had to put myself yeah. through. We don't just, I have listened to some podcasts where they literally just read you the source material. It drives me crazy to no end, especially if I have read that source material and then yes. listen to that podcast. Like, bitch, I'm not listening to this again. I, it's not story time. No, it's not. And we do. We do spend a lot of time. It's I would say at least one episode is like five hours of work. At least. And that's a light one. Sometimes it's like... Sometimes I'll spend five weeks. hours on a cryptid. 
Exactly. Well, write up a cryptid. Well, because there's so many. And I consider those fun and enjoyable and easy. So easy. And then I'll be like, shit, how did I? I'll be writing it up and reading stuff. And then it, like, I start you know, at like you 10 at night. On a Yeti. Yeah. <laughs> I start at like 10 <laughs> at night. And the next thing I know, it's two in the morning. I'm like, fuck, I've been writing this for four hours. But listen, who else is more knowledgeable than you? About the Yeti? No. Not a fucking self. No. I am a soon-to-be cryptozoologist. <laughs> JJ was even bragging about it the other day. He was like, I mean, technically, you're basically a doctor now. And I was like, what? And he was like, because you almost have your cryptozoologist. And I was like, thanks for being supportive. <laughs> <laughs> he just wants to say he's a doctor's husband. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My wife's a doctor. <laughs> oh, really? What does is, what is she uh, do? She's the cryptozoologist. I'm going to make you a degree and frame that shit oh, so you I'm can put it. I'm going to actually get the, take the classes and get it. <laughs> you think I'm fucking around. <laughs> I just got to carve out a little bit of time. Okay. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Listen, you guys, like, uh, we we do our best to devote all our time to this podcast. It'd be hard someday, so. It's be hard. Uh, she got three more. She got three times the children I got. I don't even have a job. True. True. <laughs> I'm over here just running Jimmy's but life. I will say. There was one day of work this week that uh, it was either this week or last week that I didn't do shit. So my job did pay me to write a podcast that night. (laughs) I did spend about three or four hours of my work time just writing. So there's that. (laughs) It's a little shining star and a little shining nugget there. Exactly. Exactly. Well, uh, you guys, don't forget to find us on our socials. Subscribe and rate us on Instagram. Any platform that you, all the platforms, that'd be awesome. You know, the more people that rate and subscribe to us, the the more we can spread the sickness. And we just say, you know, like we said, we spend like a couple hours per episode. So please spend, you know, five minutes and give us a rate. We'd really like appreciate yeah. that. It really be touch our hearts. Freaking rad. I'm just saying. Yeah. Um, we have some apparel. Uh, just buy our link tree on our profile for all that jazz. Uh, next week we come back for William Bonin in part four and then we'll do something a little soft. Uh, yes. A little palate cleanser before we get dark again. <laughs> yes. True glory. Yeah. Well, until next time. Stay safe. Keep your head on a swivel. And y'all, just please don't bring it too close to home. That's all I got to say. But if you say. are, at least keep it 100. You know what I'm saying? Keep it 100. Keep it 100. All the time. Bitch, what you think? <laughs> <laughs> what you get? <laughs> Bitch, I'm out here killing everybody. <laughs> Bye. Bye. If you enjoyed this episode of Too Close to Home, don't forget to rate and subscribe to us on most platforms. Follow us on our social media at Too Close Home Pod on Facebook, at Too Close Podcast on Instagram, or if you have your own Too Close to Home experience, shoot us your story at Too Close to Home at Yahoo.com. Thanks for listening.